Welcome to Urban Legends. Happy 2023, y'all. This is the Inset Podcast about urban legends, monsters, myths, made-up tales, etc., etc. I am a superhero, uh, the Rainbow Mollusk. And with me, as always, is my nemesis slash SoundCloud rapper. It's Professor Midnight, also known as... Neil Herbert. Hi, Professor Midnight. How are you doing? Yeah, doing okay. Yeah, plans yeah. for world domination of foot. Yeah, did you have a bit of time off over Christmas? I was mostly putting together um, really cryptic riddles for you to solve in the new year about what my upcoming crimes will be. Oh, I'm super um, villainy. Very super villainy. So do you have any kind of special powers or are you just uh, sort of a, a genius... An unhinged genius type of villain. Well, I mean, according to the PI firm I've paid, I'm I'm a, a, a genius level IQ, and uh, obviously, yeah, you know, I've trained my my body to the, the, the limits of athleticism. You know, oh. use all ten tenths of the brain. Like that Irish guy who claimed he had like a 215 IQ, and they did the TV series Scorpion about him, but uh, there's no record of him ever taking an IQ test. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like him on the IQ side, and then like. Um, the guy who did like kickboxer, or it was called John Paul Van Dam. John Paul Van Dam, yeah. John Claude Van Dam. John Paul Van Dam. John Paul, yeah. <laughs> Just a tiny little Belgian who can do the splits and, and beat up loads of people in way of fighting style. Wow, that's uh, and also and yeah. you're um, I'm you're a also... master of all of the martialists of arts. The most martial of all the arts. Yeah. Um, which is just, the most martial of all the arts is just hitting someone with a stick, isn't it? Yeah. It's <laughs> effective. Chucking, chucking a brick at someone. Yeah. Um, and you're also uh, a SoundCloud rapper because of your name, Professor Midnight, I believe, as well. How's, well how's it's you? kind of a side hustle, to be honest with you. It's, um, yeah, you, you do, a mum, you do uh, mumble rap, don't you? Yeah, I mean, you thanks to the... Lean, the, um, the, the uh, you cough medicine and vodka. The super villainy career hasn't really been taking off too well. It's sort of, to be honest with you, it's been taking a bit of a toll on my mental health, so I decided to sort of like, you know... Get on the cough medicine. Get on the drink and, um, you know, maybe release some of my feelings out through... Um, mumble rap. It's mumble rap, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, it's good that you've got creative about that. You know, it's... Uh, you can't, it can't be all connected work, 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 with a lot, of, a lot of people. Well, no, yeah, it just gets tiresome, doesn't it? Yeah, well, that world, world domination. It's kind of like, a lot of admin. Know, my therapist says I've been setting goals a bit too high, perhaps. You know, maybe oh, really? be more realistic in my ambitions. What, like uh, become like a member of local council or something first? Yeah, you know, or just, you know, <laughs> become an alderman. Bribe up the Tory party and get myself into the House of Lords, something like that. I mean, There's a real good avenue for doing some super villainy through that, I would imagine. Certainly is. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it is true to say that. In your in your the flats which you live in, you are the head of the residents association, aren't you? That's true. That's true. That yeah. is actually true because no one else wanted to do it. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly a residents association, <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, the direct, director least of the company them. that owns the freehold. Yeah. You're the director yeah. of a company. Yeah, and uh, and uh, alarmingly, you can look me up on Company's House. Really, I shouldn't say this. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of people putting yeah. <laughs> if, if there was anyone who could be bothered to stalk me, you now have all the information that you need to uh, track me down. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll leave that in because it um, leads the breadcrumbs away from me. Um, or, or, or is it one of my, my, my riddles? Niece, my new riddles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we're coming into 2023 hot with this, <laughs> with this hot action from you now. Um, excellent. Do you know about anything about me, the Rainbow Mollusk? <laughs> Well, I, not really. You've been foiling, you've been foiling my uh, my escapades for years. Well, I think the listeners might like to know what you, you know. Well, how, what, you, I mean, you know, how, how did you you talk them through how you fooled my last ingenious crime? Well, you what know. I did is I uh, attached myself to uh, a tidal pool area, and then I filtered in nutrients from the sea, uh, which built up my power. And then I cried a rainbow, which shot into the sky and uh, destroyed that. Uh, Death satellite, which you were, uh, yeah. I say death satellite, you, you catapulted a bin into the air with some TNT in it, like Wiley Coyote. But uh, using my rainbow powers, powered by tidal silt, then uh, managed 
managed to avert what could have been a very minor incident. Okay, so first off, it was just a proof of concept. Right, okay. Yeah, so just trying to right. test just trying to the theory out before we get into the satellite stage. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't anticipate that happening, despite the fact that that's what happens every, every, every time. Every single time, yeah. In the villainy. Yeah, well... Have got anything um, better to do? Harass... <laughs> A hard-working man. Hard-working supervillains. The thing is, I don't. I've got a lot of time on my hands because the the, the tide gives me all the nutrition I need, and um, and you know, as a as a mollusk, I've really got a lot going on. So I like to I like to butt my nose in, you know, stop people, you know, I, I like to get petitions together to stop people like building new sort of blocks of much-needed housing around the area, that kind of thing. Um, I uh, like to do I, do. I do a lot of petitions, basically. Um, yes. Trying to try and stop them putting in cycle lanes, including all of those useless internet um, petitions that nobody actually bothers to. Yeah, all of the internet petitions do that. Um, I uh, send a lot of had a lot of views about that Disney character, didn't you? Had a lot of views about that. Yeah, yeah. It's protected characteristics now, um, and uh, yeah, I like to do a lot of freedom of information acts to the council to ask them such things as. Uh, how much did they make last year on car parking? That kind of stuff. How much have you spent on tea making facilities? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What percentage of uh, paper <laughs> that is photocopied is actually uh, useless and ends up going in the recycle bin? That kind of thing. Yeah. Do a lot of that. So just you know, I like to have the information. I put it on a website called inmytown.com. Um, I think that website actually exists. I used to work for, when I worked for the council briefly. I used to have to deal with the freedom of information request, and it was one bloke pretty much who would send in like six a day. Oh, I could imagine that. That might be a hobby I'd take up, and I'd get really bitter. Yeah, yeah. nuisance, nuisance, freedom of information. Although I do, yeah, no, actually, vexatious requests. But um, I do remember, didn't you? There was something to do with the i three sixty, and then you had somebody emailed you in asking under FOI what the i stood for, or something like that. Yes. And then you, you got back a paragraph of absolute bullshit from the architects. Yeah, that's right. I for yeah. innovation. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. yeah. So the I360 is a, a, a moving viewing platform in our town, which is really tall. It's like a big chimney, but it's got like a donut around it, which goes up to the top. And then you can we see used to have miles. a big wheel, but that's like copying everyone else who's done that, especially the London Eye. Um, so now, much more appropriate for Brighton, we have a, a cock ring. Yeah, a big a movable cock ring. It's just ring. a large phallic object with a little ring that goes up and down it, and you can see stunning views of Brighton. <laughs> oh, look, there's the Royal Pavilion and nothing else. There. It's fucking high, man. Much I've been up Brighton. it. I hated it. I've got vertigo, and that's it in the middle and look at the floor. <laughs> because it's on, like... Because it's being pulled up, so it's not. It doesn't. So it doesn't feel okay. solid because it's like pulled up with massive chains, mm-hmm. like something else of Victorian age. Yeah. So it's being pulled up. You must have um, like that because that's quite steampunk. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if you'd the, had a chimney, yeah, if there'd been smoke coming out, out if there'd been, like, if there'd been smoke coming out the it, top, right? I would have been all up for it. Yeah, yeah. perfect. But there wasn't, so I had to stare at the floor. Um, but yeah, so it kind of wobbles a bit as it's going up, and I just did not feel safe. Like it, uh, okay. it, it got my vertigo, which I didn't used have when I was younger but as I've got older I've developed it as my sense of mortality has loomed loomed large yeah, I get I get mild vertigo with stuff like that because because you're indoors probably wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't mind if much. I'm fine in a building, tall building, not, and not, as long as it's not like one of those stupid, super thin, tall ones like they're doing in New York, which like like move around in the wind. I hate that. Yeah, it's just like disturbing, but it's kind of like um, you know, I've not been up here. I did get. A nice, solid ones. building. I'm fine on top of the pyramids. Put it that way, Neil. Yeah, Something solid, enough. made of bricks. So um, we both had a bit of time off over Christmas. We uh, we got some clones to Stuck do in our... in bunker, weren't we? Well, the clones were. Oh, yeah, um, that's tr- oh, yeah of course, yeah. Yeah, of course. We got the clones to do that. <laughs> of course, the premise, though. <laughs> Didn't forget. Yeah, we got the clones to do that. So, I mean, they, they yeah. did some output, so that was good, and it gave us a bit of time off. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's nice. So you've had a bit of time, Neil. You've been presumably thinking, thinking long and hard. Um, oh, yeah. Just, just, uh, just thinking. Just drawing out the very best. What is it? Yeah, as writing, as writing, stuff on the, writing stuff on glass with a Yeah, a with, a, with a pen. Yeah, just mind mapping on glass. A lot of equations <laughs> that don't mean anything. Split. <laughs> equals MC squared. <laughs> so um, do you have any resolutions for the new year, Neil? The problem with me is I, I invariably um, end up breaking them. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm not very good with New Year's resolutions. Okay, good. That was, that was, that was a great answer. Wonderful <laughs> avenue to go down. <laughs> 
Go on then. What are you, what are, what are you on your year's resolutions? Well, you? no, my my res- as you know, I, I do a lot of charitable work. Uh, I don't like to talk about it, but um, yeah, I'm, we're actually doing. I'm going. To, uh, my one of my news resolution is I'm going to I'm going to start tithing more to to the more arms to the poor. So I'm going to start doing that. Um, I'm going to try and be you know even kinder to people. You know, people become an even better listener. Something like that. Okay, just like you know, just realize that actually perfection needs to be maintained and then just try and keep it up. Is that that way you go with that one? Well, Neil, I wouldn't say that I'm anything more than an eight out of ten of a personality, but you know, we can all reach higher, can't we? Jesus, <laughs> Jesus being ten, Dalai Lama being nine. Um, the scale, <laughs> scale isn't ten, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna do that, but what I'll tell you something, uh, which, which I like to do every year. Um, so because I'm uh, a responsible man. I uh, I do carry condoms in my wallet because I'd rather have them and not need them, which is yeah. always the case, than not have yeah. them and need them. I mean, remind you of the passing of time when you've thrown them out. <laughs> yeah, the, you know the, the, the futility so, of this. So I had a look. And mine, 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 mine run out. Sisyphus myth. Yeah, yeah. Mine run out in four months. <laughs> so so because I don't like so I've got because I don't like to waste things. So I've got there's there's three things which could happen with these now. Gosh, where which coming to that so um so the, the longest odds is use them in a uh, a mutual sexual experience with another human being very long odds on that right so don't don't put your money on that unless you want a, a long shot second one uh, an intimate sexual experience with myself or posh wank as neil calls it <laughs> as it's called on the street but i think the most likely one because i'm a businessman i'd like and i don't like throwing money away is i'll use them to become a drugs mule oh that's good yeah so um i've got four months uh so i'll um i'll try and become some kind of drugs mule if you, if anyone has any connections in south america or perhaps afghanistan where i'm sure there's lots of flights in and out then um <laughs> Nothing, nothing suspicious. Then I, then I, then I, I, I can bring my own containers. That's what I. And I'll make some money. And then what I'll do with that money is I'll buy some more. I'll potentially buy some more condoms so that in four years, then I've got a resupply. Yeah, that's nice. And then I'll put the rest of the money. I'll put half into government bonds because that's safe bet, isn't it? And I'll put half into NFTs, probably the yes. Trump, probably the Trump card ones, because I reckon that they'll go up in value over the next four the years. Banter. Because he's probably going to die, isn't he? Of yes. um, of something, I'm not sure what. Maybe uh, probably the deep state will try and assassinate him. I would imagine Chris. Yeah, is, uh, either that or a prolapse, prolapse urethra. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> um, and then when that money comes in, then I can buy more. So do you know what I mean? It's uh, it's um, it's a nice, it's a virtuous circle. So mm. yeah, all I need is the contacts now. Anyway, that's that bit done, Neil. What are we talking about today? <laughs> right. Okay. Um, yes. So we're going to go into the um, skunk ape. Skunk ape. The skunk ape. Is he really? He's Florida's it? bigfoot, Chris. Is he? He is. He's. He's not like a. He's not like a uh, a monkey that worked on like Hollywood movies in the eighties and got really into marijuana. Well, maybe. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll hangs around Florida a lot, so I think it might just be weed. I think it might be a bit. Might be yeah. a bit of meth going on as well. Could be. Do you know what? Like people always kind of like joke about Florida, kind of Florida man, and Florida being this crazy state because of all the like, mad crimes, like someone like getting killed because they were using crocodiles as roller skates or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't. It's crime because I looked at because I looked this up. So I was like, why is why is it Florida? But the thing the thing it's is, certain areas of Florida. Well, it's not it's not that. It's that the, the crimes aren't really any different to anywhere else in America. But Florida have in their constitution or something that all crimes are reported in detail, whereas other places just don't mm. report these crazy crimes. So Florida gets a bad rap, but it's actually because of disclosure. Oh, well, there you go. I'd always assumed it was because it was a big mix of kind of like heavily urbanised areas and then quite rural. Areas, you know, where you think Orlando's quite an island. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. That's a, that's, that's a mouse for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, skunk ape. Skunk ape. So, I've got an article um, today. It's coming from the Smithsonian magazine. Oh, haughty. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that's that's a fairly uh, trustworthy institution, isn't it? So, this should be a good one. Mm-hmm. Joseph Stromberg, going back to 2014. I've, um, left my, I've left my skeleton to them. Have you? Mm. Think they're actually going to display that or just put it in the bin? Uh, probably probably just put in a bin. Yeah. You never know, don't know. Though that's the one they don't have, uh, I believe. They don't have the only kind of skeleton of an animal they don't have is a human 
that's um they don't have like this is human skeleton so unless someone gets there before me that's unlikely Very i would unlikely. yeah i mean I've, I've not got long well no let's be <laughs> maybe, maybe to the end of this podcast who knows Do you, we might we might skip in and out a little bit to um to the to the wiki as well but i thought that this would be, be an interesting one i've not read too far ahead you know keep the excitement mm-hmm. going um, yeah. But this is following basically. I mean, he's very much like you remember Tim the Yowie Man, yes, Yowie podcaster. This looks like Do a I? chap called Dave Sheely, who's he's very much the kind of Tim the Yowie Man of Florida and okay. the, uh, the Stone Cape, if you like. They have a photo at the top, um, posing with a cast of a footprint he made in 1998. It's kind of like a, a large four toed kind of foot, four toed, eh? Yeah. Mm. So the first time Dave Shuley saw a skunk ape, he says, he was 10 years old. 1974, a few years after his father had come across a set of footprints left by the creature, an Everglades version of Bigfoot named for its supposedly pungent odour. Mm. I mean, I kind of imagine, I, mean, I don't know, maybe this is like not the right thing to say, but I mean, you kind of, you wouldn't necessarily think Bigfoot would smell nice, would you? Um, I don't know. Not like, like a skunk exactly, but if you just hang around in the forest, it's not going to... Well, it depends what kind of animal a Bigfoot is. Mm. You know, because do they sweat? Who knows? Probably not. I mean, humans are the only animals that sweat. You know, does it lick itself clean like a cat? Cats don't smell bad. No, that's true. Cats yeah. are very clean, though, aren't they? Always cleaning themselves. But yeah, our Bigfoots, we don't know. Yeah, this is true. That's just you know, obviously, just my prejudice against Bigfoots. But uh, yeah, we just yeah. come to the, we just come to the forefront very early now. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I call them like I see them. Um, Anyway, this, this is this is a smelly Bigfoot. So Dave was out deer hunting with his older brother Jack. Ten years old, okay. And deer hunting with his older brother Jack in the swamp behind his house in what's now Big Cypress National Preserve when he encountered the ape incarnate. Mm. Ape incarnate? That's what they called it. So. What? So is it a reincarnation of an ape? <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting word. Um, so it was walking across the swamp, and my brother spotted it first. I couldn't see it over the grass. I wasn't tall enough. My brother picked me up, and I saw it about God, 100 yards away. That's dangerous hunting. Yeah. Like, if you're not tall enough to see over the grass. Like, I can imagine there's snakes and shit and alligators. <laughs> I mean, was it, was was he like... Amos Moses was was he being used as alligator bait? Yeah, entirely, <laughs> entirely possible. Only got one because the alligator bit it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. He doesn't look to have both arms and legs, so uh, he seems to have avoided any. Yeah, yeah, that issues. takes marvelous. So they'd heard right. about it and knew for sure what they were looking at, 100 yards away. It looked like a man, but was completely covered with hair. Mm-hmm. He and his brother stared at the creature, mouth of the gape, but almost at the same time as he tells it, the skies opened and rain poured down. The ape hurried away into the cypress hummocks scattered across the marsh. Holy crap, he remembers thinking, I finally saw this damn thing and he got away just like that. He finally saw it. He's only finally. 10 years old and he was like... Yeah, it's really weird. yeah, but I mean, they grow up quick, the swamps. Yeah. It was really world-weary. Man, I've reached middle age and I haven't seen <laughs> I've been wanting to see a skunk since I was three years old. My dad's been talking about it for over a week. The fleeting moment left an indelible impression on young Shuli, who's now 50 years old. Well, this was written um, nine years ago. Um, it's been nearly 60 now. In the decade since, he's relentlessly pursued skunk apes and seen them, he says, on three other occasions. In the, de- in the what? In the decades. Okay, sorry. In the decades since, yeah. Um, so it's a calling. Yes, this, this is his life's work by the sound of it. Does he have any normal work? I mean, I can't I, imagine there's a lot of money in it. We'll see, we'll see, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I've not read ahead, as I say. So we'll, we'll oh, see. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what it tells us. He's written a field guide, made TV appearances, continually investigated reported sightings, and established a Stone Cape Research Headquarters on his property, <laughs> where tourists can learn all about the legendary creature. Didn't he like bills himself as the Jane Goodall of Stone Capes. So she's the one for gorillas in the mist. That's right. Yeah, she went yeah. out to live with the um, with the gorillas. I am the expert. He told a Bigfoot website last year. The state and county expert on the Florida Skunk Cape and have been for years. Um, I think I should probably just interject here to let the listeners know that I actually weigh as much as an average female gorilla. So just thought a little bit of information there. Um, continue. It's <laughs> a good, good fact for our audience. Thanks nice, isn't it? Yeah, that nice will, yeah, put that in. That'll be in the next year's Christmas quiz. Yeah. <laughs> no one's getting that, including you. Um, in July 2000, he captured one of the encounters on video. In the grainy daytime foot shot from hundreds of feet away, the creature spends a minute or so moseying around in a hummock of palm trees. Then mm. shortly after, it begins striding across the open swamp and it breaks into a long limb run. Oh, like, suddenly a aware T- like T-1000. Yes. Terminator 2. <laughs> well, it could be, could be a robot, couldn't it? Could be. Escape, escape, escape from Universal Studios. Yes. <laughs> Became sentient. Well, that was the um, the combined Team Wolf and Terminator sequel <laughs> that they didn't want you to know about. <laughs> It was, it was, it, it was, it was bizarrely problematic. I don't really yeah. know whether 
there's a lot of stuff there that didn't really need to be in it. Escapes into a grove of palm trees. Trilly notes that at the time, the swamp was covered by over a foot of water, making the animal's speed, which he estimates to be 22 miles an hour, no information on how he's estimated that. Well, he had one of those um, speed radar guns. Oh, yeah, that's what it'll be. Impossible for any human to achieve. What? You say Bob could do that. <laughs> but, but it's extremely hard to watch this video and see anything but a guy in a gorilla suit right across the <laughs> This is our, our <laughs> with it with like waving the arms in the air. Yeah. It's not <laughs> the, quite the head sort of comes off a bit. So I <laughs> did watch did watch the footage. You can Google it. So Dave Sheely's two thousand gun cape footage, and they've, they've linked a video in. So yeah, it's pretty much it's. Just, I mean, it's one of those ones where it's really blurry and from far away, and then they zoom, so you can't really see. And it's just, the camera's shaking constantly yeah. all the time as well. Yeah, so you can't get a, a clear yeah. grip on it. Yeah, now there's an eye opener. Yeah. You can't really see, but it, you know. Let's let's say uh, to be as charitable as possible. It definitely could be somebody in a gorilla suit. Mm. <laughs> oh, mate, we've got to do a version of that. Yeah, we'll do our own sort of sighting or something like that. Yeah, I'd be tempted to do like a Mothman or something, but um, yeah, it's probably harder to fake that kind of thing. Well, they did get um, they did get those lads from Manchester who did the Owl Man, didn't they, down in Cornwall? Yeah, it wasn't a lot to that. Not a lot, that's for sure. So according to any respected biologist, Scone Cape doesn't exist. People well, do report respected, seeing them. Respected by who now? Yeah, yeah exactly. The establishment. Yeah. Instead of respected by something I don't respect. Yeah. Tells you all you need to know. I, was say, I, can't, I can't think of what the opposite of um, Big Bigfoot is, but... Uh, uh, small hands? Yeah. Creepy small hands? Trump. <laughs> so people report seeing this mythical creature from time to time, says a public affairs officer with the preserve. There's never been a substantiated sighting of the Scone Cape that was verified by the National Park Service Wildlife Staff. Mm. Oh. Well, maybe, well, maybe, maybe, maybe if they got out behind their desks and did some real yes. work like this yeah, exactly. guy, they could see them. Fucking paper pushers. The thing is, though, that you would also imagine that part of their remit would be to protect, if it's a like a very rare species, to protect it and, and cover it up, wouldn't you? Cover it up, yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe it's in charge of the parks. Maybe it's running, maybe it's running the park. Maybe it's running thing. Yeah, it's always heavily, you know, the stonecakes are, are lobbying hard. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's what DeSantis is getting paid off by, yeah, by the Skunk Cape to deny his existence. Yeah, they also, the Skunk Cape also produces most of his policies. Yeah, he also has a lot of abhorrent <laughs> views about various different things. Well, there was right. a whole thing in, um, there's a whole scandal over Christmas or just before Christmas in Brussels, wasn't there, where there were Skunk Apes going that were recorded paying off uh, members of the European council with suitcases full of dollars from the yep. skunk cake lobbying firms and well there's i mean heavily disputed but there have been um there have been firms selling dodgy ppe um during the covid crisis linked to skunk apes in, yeah. uh, in, in the uk so yeah and well, america so yeah well you know just start, start pulling at these strings now old tapestry well, starts falling start following the money yeah he's nobody wants to know so yeah and then they basically report well, you've got a hit out on you on the dark web, which is run by the skunk cake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how far does it go? Silk Road. All, all the way up and down. <laughs> From the very bottom to the very bottom. skunk apes all the way, all the way through. Like um, a stick of rock. Yeah, they are like the, the roots underneath the tree, which is our society. Yeah. Corruption. <laughs> Corrupt roots. Cain was originally a skunk ape. That's what I've heard. So original sin was just basically a... Yeah. I heard, I heard that um, the, on the original copy of the Bible, which was found in Dead Sea Scrolls, which was hushed up. Um, they were actually kicked out of the Garden of Eden because Eve had sex with a skunk ape. That's what I heard. Yes. That's what I've heard. But they didn't they didn't want that because the skunk apes were in charge of the Vatican, so they hushed it up. Which when they translated it into Latin, of course, because from the original languages, you know, then they, mm. it, it would have it would have read skunk ape, but they've just put that to mean devil. Yeah, apple. Yeah, it's like covering up. Sex, <laughs> yeah. sex turned to eat, and because it was she had sex with the skunk ape of knowledge. Yes, I believe, but they changed yeah. sex to eat and yeah. skunk ape to apple. Little uh, little switch and bait now. Yes, that's little, that shift to, little shift to Rooney. Emperor uh, Constantine. Um, it was a skunk ape. <laughs> as well. Yeah. I know what I've seen, says Dave Shealy. Yeah, someone who hasn't come here and put in the time to say otherwise doesn't really matter to me. Mm-hmm. Hate is going to hate, I believe, is what he's saying there. Mm. Don't hate the player. <laughs> so, to a curious observer, all this prompts an important question. He's is quite she- sassy, isn't he? He's like, Carla, yeah. he's like Carla from Cheers. Or he's, uh, but he's run out of fucks to give, as the kids say oh. these days. Or oh, yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah, he's, he's living oh. in all our heads rent free or something. Yeah. 
Do a curious observer, all this prompts an important question. Is Sheely a visionary biologist, a mistaken eyewitness, or an enterprising fraud? Oh. About to find out, we think. He's got a big place. I don't know where he gets his money from. It's because he's the show's all ponderous properties. Yeah. For somebody who's hob- or who's what looks like his full time living is just going around in a swamp. Um I can't imagine it's that profitable, even if it is a fraud. Well, it depends. I, I don't know how much you get for TV appearances and stuff. He's probably sold some books and that. Um imagine making much though. Much but how much how expensive is property in a swamp? That's true. Do you know what I mean? Not it's not prime real estate. It's not downtown Miami, is it? It's not South Beach. Yeah, no, this is true. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know price of real estate in these parts of Florida. So to try and answer the question, he made the ship to shoot his property in Ochopee, Ocho- Florida, an hour's drive into the Everglades from the west. He met him at the research headquarters, which also serves as a gift shop that sells scone cake t-shirts and shot glasses, a campground, a base for his staff of five to give swamp buggy and airboat air tours, and a home from his menagerie of 10-foot-long pythons and talking parrots. Mm, well, there you go. I mean, it's a little... So far, so Tiger King. Yeah. I mean, he's making a bit of money then, isn't he, for sort of five staff? Yeah. Like doing, people probably just want to do because people want to do the boat thing, don't they? Um, yeah, a lot of people like going out the Everglades. Fan boats or whatever they're called. And to be fair, keeping pythons and parrots is probably fine. I would imagine it's not like keeping. Yeah. So a pair of hunters claim the ape invaded their camp in 1957. Right. It's unclear who coined the name Skunk Ape, but it appears to have surfaced sometime during the 60s. And the 60s and 70s, the period when Chile had his first sighting, more and more reports trickled in as far north as the Florida Panhandle, but most often in the Everglades. It eventually attracted mainstream attention, including a bill introduced but not passed in the Florida legislature in 77 that would have made it illegal to take, possess, harm or molest anthropoid or humanoid animals. Okay. It's around that time that Sheely, a teenager... Why didn't it pass, I wonder? Well... Well, no, uh, may, I, may I have the flaw? Since my granddaddy and my great-granddaddies have always molested humanoid apes. <laughs> it's the American way. I cannot, with a clear conscience, imagine a world where my children are not allowed to molest ape humanoids. Oh, and I imagine it was rejected because it wasn't... People didn't feel it and feel it as an entirely serious kind of bill, but... Um, well, but there's no harm in passing it. Yeah. Well, they tried to they tried to stick on a load of pork barrel tax stuff at the end, probably, didn't they? Yeah, and a two hundred percent raise. You know, they've only done it to themselves. Well, we'd like to pass this, but without the amendments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it was around this time that Sheila Tina just spotted evidence of the creature for the second time in the form of an enormous four-toed footprint left at night behind his camp, um, hunting camp. Um, so, occasional sightings continue on for years. And the skunk ape hit the news again in 97 when passengers on a tour bus travelling through the preserve claimed they spotted the animal. And that was 30 or 40 people all saying the same thing. Ooh. So a seven-foot red-haired ape. After decades of idle interest in the creature, he decided to get serious about finding it, baiting the area with lima beans. The story goes that the omnivorous apes love the legume. And he mm. rep- repeatedly found he the beans missing in the morning, along with tracks left in the night. Then just two miles away, a pair of local residents, Jan Brock, a real estate agent, and Vince Durr, chief of the Ochopee uh, Fire Control District, spotted a large, hairy biped minutes apart while driving through the preserve one morning in July. The thing just ran in front of my car, Brock told me when I called her after my visit. It was shaggy-looking and very tall, maybe six and a half or seven feet. Durr, who had never told me he never believed in the skunk ape before seeing it cross the road about half one in front of his car, snapped a photo of it just before it vanished into the swamp. And I've got a photo from 97, and as you would normally expect, it's kind of grainy and you can't really see anything, but there's okay. a humanoid-like shape okay. in the woods. There you go, but you know. Yeah. So he thought, I'm going to spend the next six months looking for this thing. He remembers varying at the time. I'm not going to do anything else. Every day I'm going to get up and go looking until I see it. Again, it's, I wonder how he's got the... I mean, obviously, maybe he's just like independent wealth, I suppose. It doesn't, it doesn't explain what he does as a day job or anything like that. I'd be quite interested. I mean, good luck to him if he can. Well, I think he runs that kind of... Sort of a tourist attraction, doesn't he? But it sounds like when he was in, yeah, I mean, maybe that was it. It was just kind of like, um, he, he had some like those rides and things like that, yeah, in the, in the, he does the, like the, the Everglades, the, and then just you know, he's able to take some time stuff. off work, and just, yeah. Well, enough. I mean, he's got five staff to do that, so oh, yeah, just yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if he had five staff at this point, you know what I mean, but yeah, but anyway, good luck to him. Um, so should he set up a few? It is always fascinating where these because America, as well, famously has. Um, not a great social security system mm. as well. So it's I'm always fascinated how these people live, like how they can find yeah, them. You need an operation thing. or something like that, or what have you. Maybe just don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, but I mean, even if you know, like how do they pay their Access. bills? 
yeah. and taxes and stuff. Yeah, I've got no idea. Because you couldn't do that in this country, in the UK, could you? You couldn't just go, right, I'm going to go and hunt. Unless you were independently wealthy already, you couldn't just yeah, go, if... I'm going to take a year off. Well, that, well, that's exactly my point. Like, you'd have to be independently wealthy, and it's kind of like... Um... Maybe you've got a fair bit of inheritance. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, he owns, he owns a 38 property, so I mean, yeah. I think he just kind of got that in his 20s, so whether he inherited... No, he didn't buy that, yeah. Parents, I don't know, but... Um... He might have done, he might have set up his own business, I really don't know. But anyway, just curious, but then I'm getting really getting into it. Um bait in the area and waiting for this gun cable, trekking across the Everglades, trying to find the creature's trail. I mean that'd be an alright job, wouldn't it? Mm, I mean I wouldn't really want to be tracing through the Everglades personally. A bit dangerous, bit dangerous. Yeah, keep you fit, yeah. Lose a bit of weight when the alligator takes your leg. <laughs> September the 8th, 98. He was rewarded with his second sighting. Perched in a tree and half asleep, I heard something splashing in the water. Splash, 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 he tells me. Splash, splash, splash. Mm. Come on in, the world is fine. Mm. Mm. You're a musky gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> you like this burst? You like this one? I've got some lamb beans here. Mm. At first, I thought it was a person. Hey, why are you wearing so much, buddy? Come on, we're all friends here. Why don't you slip out of those and come and join me in the splash splash for some lamb beans? Is this him trying to attract the skunk cape or vice versa? Vice versa. Oh, right. Well, I mean, either. 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 Or. either. Yes. Both of them. Both of them at once. It's all good. Now, he thought it was a person, but then from about 100 yards away, he saw it coming towards him. It was a skunk ape, same we saw as a kid. As it walked by, unaware of being observed, so they're apparently a bit short-sighted on these skunk apes. He oh, shot right. several photos of it, watching it disappear into a nearby tree hummock. Oh, OK, it wasn't walking. So it looks like it's it's not looking at him, but it's yeah, just working sort of past where he is. Okay, mm. It sounded like Richard walking towards me. I just thought he was... Yeah, like directly yeah. towards him. Yeah. <laughs> Later, he Skunk was... Nice to meet you. Yes. Here's my card. Now, you've been, you've been around bothering yeah. some of the skunk in this area. Yeah. I, I hope you, you realise this is my fucking land. Yeah. And I will not stand for trespassers. So he made a concrete cast footprint which still sits in the gift shop. Um, let me come back to the present day. He's finished getting the frogs. Oh, finally. Rise well, up, up for the listen to frog clicks. Um, he keeps pythons and talking Yeah, parrots. but what the parrots are the, are the frogs for the pythons to eat, presumably. Well, he makes them a lunch of frog legs. So, Ooh. but yeah, presumably pythons okay. could eat frogs, I guess. Yeah. Oh, well, oh so he's, he's doing, doing it. He's starting to skin them. Also, he's making it for him and the journalists, the frogs. The frog's legs, he did. Yeah. Oh, so he's eating the frogs himself. I don't know if they even. The well, that keeps thing. costs down, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> If you're eating stuff around the local area, then it's kind of, yeah. So, like, once, uh, and he's telling about his two, two most recent sightings. So, he spotted again in 2000 when he filmed the video clip. And the latest was in 2011 when he was um, picking saw palmetto berries in the swamp and was startled by an unforgettable odour right away I could smell it kind of like a wet dog and a skunk mixed together so not a pleasant odour then no although I don't have any frame of reference to what a skunk smells like apart from terrible um, it's kind of like links. oh okay oh dear it's like jupe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mixed with jupe <laughs> oh that stings the back of the nostrils um, I like to smell like a sweet shop for the ladies <laughs> Emerging behind a palm frond, spotted Chile and bolted, leaving no evidence. He still searches for the skunk cape, concentrating his work mostly in March and April, when the dried-out swamp land allows for easier hiking and preserves tracks better. Um, you can buy his field guide for five dollars at his gift shop. Mm. He's seen it through. So, is he encouraging people to go out themselves? Because that, yeah. sound, that sounds. Um... Irresponsible. He was even filmed for an episode of Finding Bigfoot, the Animal Planet reality show. Mm. Although he was infuriated when the producers balked at the logistical difficulties of travelling into the swamp to investigate a sighting and asked him to fake it in his backyard instead. Oh, fucking Hollywood's big wigs. Mm. Disgusting. Can you fake it in the back? How would I do that? Well, you've got that gorilla suit you. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, we saw it. Shut up. That's what we'll just see, We'll just CGI it. Honestly, no expense spared. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's it's like Jason, it's like Jason, it's like Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Claymation. It's the open source, yeah, Claymation footage. <laughs> King Kong or something. It's just clips from Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> yeah. we, we were, when we went to go and find this one, babe, we were lucky enough to be <laughs> John Lithgow. Yes, I say. That's what I think. She's like, yeah. Well, the only one I've mentioned about the footage quite clearly John Lithgow is in the background. <laughs> Many people question Chili's authenticity. Something that weighed upon me as I ate the lunch he'd made for me and politely, politely listened to his claims. Apart from the sheer unlikeliness of the skunk ape's existence, critics point out that Chili openly profits from the supposed animal, selling the stuff on his thing and offering swamp tours. He even applied for a grant from the Collier County, uh, County Tourism Development Council to fund okay. his research. And that was, you know, conveniently after he's uh, released his skunk ape footage. 
shortly before the hearing. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, right, even if it's not real, um, if it's bringing tourists into the area, then I don't see why you couldn't apply for a tourist grant, because it's probably, I don't know, there's a lot else going there that bring people in. Yeah, because it is from the Tourism Council. I agree with that, because it's like it was used to fund research, but actually it was from the Tourism Development Council. So, yeah, why not? It'd be like the Rougarou people, just, you know, make a bit of a festival out of it and stuff. Yeah. But they don't do stuff like this here, apparently. So listen to this. is the Naples Daily News columnist, Brett Batten, who's a sassy fellow by the sound of it. This is what he wrote at the time. All the way from Italy. Yeah. Anyone who doubted the existence of the Scone Cape should now be converted. The same way that anyone who doubted the existence of flying saucers carrying evil space aliens would have a change of heart after seeing Plan 9 from outer space. Mic drop. Get the south on because this man is burnt. So belief in mythological animals may be as old as humanity itself. Nearly every country's folklore contains at least one magic creature into its folklore has no place in modern science. Log Ness Monster, Bigfoot, thousands of others. Um, British folklore prominently features supernatural black dogs, a feature we left at Beth that ran the countryside. We've sort of covered that, haven't we, with the... Um, uh, we'll do. Yeah, not, not those particular ones, although we've done... I can't remember, we did... There's been black dogs turn up all over the world, like with El Sombrero, he had dogs, mm. didn't he? And um, before he platted the tails of donkeys or whatever. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I can't remember, there was another one, one of the Christmas ones. But black dogs are quite quite a regular uh, yeah. thing throughout the world. So I'm going to skip ahead a bit on these paragraphs, but basically, um, you know, back in the day, it would have been easy to sort of miss some of these things, but now there's so much been been, uh, been discovered. Um, however, um, Peter, uh, Peter Dendel, a professor at Penn State University who writes about folklore and cryptozoology, um, said that it serves a stake in line in saying, you scientists don't know everything, there are still truths out there to be discovered. Apparently cryptid enthusiasts are disproportionately male and share outsider traits. Distasteful authority, rugged connection with the outdoors, and a hearty sense of individualism and self-reliance. I guess. Yep. So I've got um I've got a third mattress off of my bed, by the way. Mm. <laughs> right. Mm. Cozy. Is it topped enough yet? Yeah, I think three will do it. Three'll I mean it, it's, yeah. it's already got a built-in uh memory foam top or anyway. Yeah. So three will do. Yeah. <clears throat> Just so I don't have to feel that pee. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, get another mattress underneath it as well. Yeah, well, last place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next few paragraphs is basically going on about how... Um... I'd just like to say, Neil, that uh, my masculinity isn't tied into having an uncomfortable night's sleep. Fair, fair enough. There we go. There's a lesson there for all of us. Um, yeah, just talking about how basically people um, have psychological conditions that um, cause them to sort of need to believe in these things. You know, well, so they're really, but, I mean, this is starting coming quite. It's, it's getting hard. into a bit of character assassination, really. So, um, yeah, some people are just nutters. You know, some people make stuff, make shit up because they want attention. You know, well, it's kind of what I'm saying. So, you know, the sense of doing something with a higher purpose because maybe they can be the one to solve the mystery and become famous and respected, which they might not have in their life otherwise. Well, they have that. That's a big trait in conspiracy theorist people, isn't it? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Sort of having uh, secret knowledge. Yeah, that's what ties a lot of that stuff together. Um, anyway, so it talks about then the kind of like, you know, the reasons why um, that wouldn't happen. But then it says also, on the other hand, there's some rational reasons. Well, sorry, the, you know, he did find one thing that sort of, you know, supported a bit more. So the line between real animals and cryptids is much messier than you might imagine. Oh, Carl Linnaeus's 1735 landmark text of um, modern biology, Systema Naturae, listed pelican, antelope and narwhal as cryptids. As recently as the start of the 20th century, the Komodo dragon, the giant squid and the occupy were thought to be cryptids before the Western scientific establishment changed its mind in the face yeah. of new evidence. So yeah, dozens of new mammal species have been discovered since the start of the 21st century even, although there are less extraordinary cases. Um, anyway, getting out of the other, it basically says that, you know, maybe there's, there's stuff out there that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, that we don't understand about the world, Sheely tells him, as they go down an overground path of the river's property. So some Bigfoot believers believe that the creatures could be a tiny relic of a population of emp species thought to have gone extinct millions of years ago. Yada, yada, yada. Um, You're doing a lot of yada, 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 right? <laughs> I'm just kind of like summarising because there's quite a, there's a bit more here than I realised. Um, I'm just trying to pick out the nuggets that are mm. useful. I don't know. Knowledge nuggets. Oh, here we go. So we talked about his life in the Swamp, his family's history there, which dates to 1891. Okay. He settled and built the area's first schoolhouse. Mm. Decades, they catered to tourists, giving swamp tours and renting spots on their campground. Okay. Okay, so his family's lived out there since, yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like he's set up this tourist business. It sounds like it was already well-established, yeah. the campgrounds well, and the boat tours. Fair enough, but it's, you know, it's been inherited. So, yeah, 
you know, the modern day it'd be hard to set something like that up. So it's nice. Still running it. So uh, wish I'd inherited a boat or company. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah. However, once they established a preserve in '74, it bought out most of his neighbours, and things took a turn for the worse. The park took all our air buggy trails and swamp boat trails, and they built their own campground. They stole our 50-year customer base. He said, "My mum and dad worked hard for this place, and then the government built six campgrounds and instructed their employees to tell people not to come here. They wanted us gone." Most infuriating was if he wanted to um, keep giving visitors tours on swamp property, he'd have to sit down in a classroom and take an official test. Well, I mean, how long does that take? I don't know, but but hey, he's been out there living <laughs> it, Chris. Two hours. A test some pencil neck now about the, the I know, but sometimes you have to jump through hoops. Yeah. Anyway, he's you know he's, considering he's going how hard his parents worked to build it up and he can't be bothered doing a test. <laughs> they worked for fifty years building this up. Right, we need you to come in and like sign this form. No way. Oil child. Anyway, so they acknowledged the preserve um, creation was controversial. I think because they bore a lot of people out and tried to force them off. But anyway, um, so he went back to talk about the skunk ape, pointed out plants in the surrounding area, believes the family of six to 12 existing animals feed on and complained that the park authorities who can declare the animal didn't exist haven't spent nearly as much time as him in the swamp. I don't think anyone has. Yeah, so he's got <laughs> getting into a bit of a thing with the, with the you know, Big government. Federalis. Problem is, he's got no hard proof, which is what comes in with a lot of this stuff. I mean, um, that, that, that is a problem. It's just sightings, so there's a, you know, that makes it very hard to do things. But does that make him a fraud? Many have observed the animal in these images looks remarkably like a person in disguise, disguise, and some have even speculated it's his media-reverse brother Jack, who's the only other um, person present at his very first <laughs> sighting wearing the costume. Who <laughs> keeps in a shed. Yeah. <laughs> Just loads of smashing. Something out of Friday the 13th, yeah. He's like um, Sloth from the Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> Some shrine to their dead parents in their worships. Throw, throws in, like, the remains of the frogs. Yeah. That's what happens with the nog-leg bits. Um, but, you know, our reporter decides that, you know, he spent a day... No, with he's not in the shed. He's just media shy. Yeah. <laughs> no, sure, no one's seen him. He's off the grid. <sighs> what was that? Nothing. You uh, Interview over. Now you calm down, Jack boy. Your friends is coming. Oh, he's been at the whiskey. <laughs> oh, who put whiskey in there with it? Soulless. <laughs> Not even bullet can stop him now. He'd been at the train. He'd been at the boat fuel. He'd been huffing on the boat fuel. <sighs> you get your costume on, Jack. You get your costume. You go out. You go out there. We got tourists here. That's we got big. Me. We got man from big newspaper. You go out there. Mummy and daddy. You and mama pop a proud now, boy. You go out there. You get more boat fuel when you come back, Jack boy. Now you go out, you go do a lap. Me, my Papa Brad. You get more frog. Get more frog where that came from. You like frogs? <laughs> no, no frog. Taste. You don't go out there. You don't even get no frog, Jack boy. Frogs on you go fall. That's 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 one potential interpretation. What's yeah, that's, one, that's what I got from it. Yeah. So the report. I'm not, thesis, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm yeah, wrong. So, you know, it's just it's merely one one thesis that we can, we can explore. Um, Hope you listen. Theories we can explore. Uh, yes. So, um, like, the anyway, the, like the of the doll people. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I'm kind of I'm de- definitely more on the side of that being a, yeah. But hey, you know, having a bit of fun with it. Who's, well, they, 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 they retweeted us. So there we go. That's fair enough. They're into it. Good on them. Um, Throd spent, so yeah, he's, um, he's, you know, he's, he's enjoyed spending his time with this guy. He's thinking he's generous and likable. Listen to his stories. Um, yeah, he's, you know, he's, Seems all right, according to a reporter. All his stories are based on swamps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of banging on about swamp apes, to be honest. He's, got a, <laughs> he's, a, bit, he's a bit one note. Yeah. <laughs> a lovely guy, don't get me wrong. But yeah, um, there's only, there's only you know, so many hours you can listen to about just, you know, banging on about park apes. rangers and um, yeah, I mean, park rangers. And so there's only 10% about it was about swamp ape and 90% about it was uh, federal government and his issues with it. Yeah. And uh, the merits of being a sovereign citizen. Well, you know that the uh, Pope owns all of the businesses in the world, Chris, so therefore that empowers yeah. us to... Do you ever see that clip of the... No. Uh, yeah, oh, I won't get into it. Yeah, Pope died, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, yeah. Ratzenberger. As we're speaking, yeah. The youth. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the last Pope, or the current one. Well, they reckon yeah. he might retire now, might he, Francis, because... Uh, really? 
Well, that's just what they're doing now. They're just like... Well, you've been talking about wanting to retire early. for about the last 10 years. I thought you couldn't retire from being the Pope. Well, the, the last one was the first one to do it in 600 yeah. years. And now they're just going, well, just, you know, put, put, a couple, put a couple of years in, then you get your pension. It's 85, to be fair. Yeah, so what? Oh, it's going to be anarchy, isn't it? It's going to be like, just like... Oh, what, doing what? Like doing like a... You only pay for two years. Oh, it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. We'll end up like... So that's what the Catholic we'll Church like needs, needs stability. <laughs> You know, stick to the old, the old ways. The Queen went on until she was like 93, and I think she does more than the Pope, or did more than the Pope. Yeah, fair enough. I know. It's yeah. about tradition, Neil. I really care. That's, that's why C&E is, is yeah. the best religion, obviously. Exactly. Baker's uh, the best Christian religion. I don't know, she's banging on about now. It's something else he'd seen, so... Oh, what now? Lizard man? No, he followed the pair of tracks until they came across something unexpected, a tall barbed wire fence that enclosed a mysterious primate breeding facility. <laughs> as he stood there listening to the whooping cries of monkeys for following the tracks as they continued away, he speculated that the skunk had been attracted to the cries of his distant brethren. Um, now, funnily enough, the report tracks this down, but there is a, a primate facility um, up the road from his house. So right. he, was, he was able to, the reporter drives up there, yeah. see what he can find. What's this facilitating? I would imagine they're testing on testing monkeys. Or something. I really don't know. I'm testing, just reading through now. Testing monkeys out in the swamp. Well, no, they just get, they get them to, well, they're, they're presumably trying to breed a set of... Um, what kind of test? General they? knowledge? Well, this is where all the skunk capes are kept. They want to breed a skunk ape, skunk ape army, don't they? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're good in swamp terrain. Well, they're, they're excellent marksmen. They're good, good at hiding. <laughs> wonderful, then, wonderful. If all those ori- fails, they can put you off with their scent. Wonderful at orienteering. Yes. Yeah, great with a compass and a map. Like Rambo, they could eat things that would make a billy goat puke. Yeah, well, um, good at guerrilla tactics, unsurprisingly. Yeah. They're unconventional. As Patton said, if you gave me a platoon of these scone capes, I'd win this war by Tuesday. I'd be marching on Berlin by Tuesday. <laughs> Give me a platoon of skunk yeah. I've often said that um, if if there had been a platoon of skunk it would have shortened the war by six months, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. It's Monkey Creek. I don't know what German for monkey is. Monkey Creek. Yeah, just skunk apes all high on amphetamines. Yes. Just <laughs> running through the French countryside. We can dream. So he got the feeling that he was being watched. He wrote, there's a huge sign having into two by four saying, warning private property, if you're employed by a local, state or US government agency or a curious individual, you must have prior permission to enter this property. Mm-hmm. Even those with clearance, it warned, have to proceed directly to their job site. Permission to enter is not permission for sightseeing or looking around. Oh, that's quite weird. That's the spookiest bit so far. Yeah, this is, this is odd. So... It's just called Primate Products Incorporated. Oh, dear. So he decided his curiosity didn't selling, justify selling, getting... Selling gonads to the Chinese market. Well, who knows? But didn't justify getting arrested inside a monkey breeding facility deep in Florida's black country. But was it so far-fetched to think the whole thing might be a case of mistaken identity and the skunk ape was actually an escape primate? Apparently it's not the only primate breeding centre in the area. An escape primate in a monkey suit. <laughs> yeah. There's also a... Oh, no, there's a skunk ape research headquarters. Okay, yeah. So there was a 3,000 primate compound nearby that they were planning to build. So where they... Where... <laughs> but they actually own it. Yes, yeah, so there's primate products, and then there's a research organisation called the Manhammer Foundation, an hour north, that houses a reported 5,000 Mackie, um, baboons and, oh, I don't know, you, macaques, is it? Macaques, yeah. Macaques, macaques. Yeah, in July 2013, an unidentified company released plans to build another 3,000 primate compounds. Okay, there. now, this is like primate murder This central. is a proper little um, business out there, apparently. Apparently, the mild winters make it an ideal climate to breed and maintain non-human primates in a setting that is very close to the natural habitat. And human primates uh, well, up the road. Um, I mean, could could the skunk ape be some kind of spirit of dead monkeys, like something out of a Hayamaziaki movie, like Studio Ghibli, <laughs> kind of wanders through sadly? Well, you do wonder because actually, there's a and there's a good photo here in a minute actually. But um, so, could a resident primate actually escape and survive in the wild? The the, the company primate products yeah. declined to comment. Um, but Bob DeGrosse, the preserve public affairs officer, told me that he's seen escaped primates. Several times, likely the result of people releasing unwanted exotic pets into the wild. Yeah, there's a lot of that in America, isn't there? Yeah, Especially and then because of Hurricane Andrew. Um, and there are several confirmed wild self-sustaining monkey populations statewide, including one in Naples. Uh, I mean, uh, they're not human-sized monkeys. No. So there's a, there's a because there isn't many of them. Because I've got a picture down here though. Um, two thousand. The photo sent in, and you can see it reasonably clearly. Mm. Um, Is that the one where it's kind of in a field? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, identified by experts as an orangutan. Really? Yeah. So. 
it looks like they've been having some monkey escapes. So, yeah, the last species might be the most interesting, given the best-known photographs of Ledgestone Cape, which arrived in an unmarked envelope, um, along with an unsigned letter on December 22, 2000. They purportedly showed animal that had repeatedly climbed to the back deck of the photographer's house, and the letter speculated it was an escape to orangutan. Um, an author and cryptozoology enthusiast analysed the creature's anatomy and agreed with the orang- orangutan hypothesis, as did Canadian Wildlife Service biologist... Um, yeah, Canada, Canada known for its orangutan population. Well, yeah, but if you're an expert in zoology or whatever, then uh, you might, you know, specialise in that. Um, the Sloan Cape enthusiast sees upon the images as further evidence. Of the well, so, they do, so was, was the orangutan an escape pet, or are they? I mean, they can't be doing. I mean, they can be, but I mean, if they can't be doing experiments on orangutans, can they? We wouldn't have thought so, but because they're like really endangered. They don't say, but it's just that there are. You know, I mean, I don't know how many. Well, yeah, but. Um, so you would hope it was incredibly unlikely that people are holding orangutans. Um, I think, yeah, but then yeah. if you can, you know, you can have tigers and shit. Yeah, exactly. Who knows what what people are sort of having at home? Um, yeah, don't know. It doesn't. I mean, they don't really know. Obviously, do they where it, where it came from? I don't. It, I mean, there's nothing that says that they they're keeping orangutans in this company place. No. But who knows? Um, anyway, Dave Shu thinks that it looks more like a skunk ape than an orangutan. So of course he does. Yeah, yeah. a reporter looks more like a skunk ape than a reporter. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, it could be a number of things. So you know, unidentified primate escapes from a breeding facility. Could be a chimpanzee and orangutan. Oh, we say it could be an orangutan coming from the breeding facility. So it sounds like they are potentially breeding orangutans. Yes, I don't like the sound of these facilities. No, I mean, that sounds a bit dodge. Um, yeah, so, anyway, so it tells okay. a story. So I said we'll wrap that one up. I'm just going to quickly have a shifty at uh, Wiki just to see if it's appeared. If it's, you know, he's been in an episode of Supernatural, etc. So <laughs> we talked to, so just a couple of highlights. We already talked about the ones in the 50s and 70s. Also in the 70s, um, a couple of sheriff's deputies reported seeing an eight white creature before they shot at it with their firearms. Well, so they did. Yeah, beautiful. Saw yeah, some it's, it's, it's real light was out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please, you were around here more. It's um, real light was out, so they had to put 87 clips into them. Well, yeah, it's defending themselves, Chris. Yeah, exactly. As per training, for the three hours of training. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we'd tricked him completely naked, but he was reaching for a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Literally didn't have bipedal thumbs. or not bipedal. No, nope, had hooves. Posable thumbs, but they could have picked up, but it could have been arms. You don't know. Could have been, yeah. Had to, yeah. Best right arm might have been a machine gun for all we know. We've, we've seen yeah. various fantasies. To be, to be fair, both the cops were given two weeks suspension with pay. <laughs> well, in fairness, you know, it's a, <laughs> a wild animal. I'm sure that's um, you know what you do is fire at it. Um, yeah, there's been sightings by tour operators, but then yeah, mm. yeah, there's not much more really on here. Um, some people might think it's around American black bears. Yeah, it's going. The park service consider it to be a hoax. Also, oh, and also, it's um, yeah. Here's a good one. So it's not not that big in popular culture, although it's very well known around Florida. So the skunk cape has been widely adopted across Florida as an unofficial mascot for wilderness and rural culture, including appearing in roadside businesses and attractions, television commercials, and signs. Now, our latest skunk cape tackles. Mm. Mm, Tasty. Mm. Well, you like your monkey. Uh, mm. Well, I don't like them. Well, eat them if you have to. Yeah, it's, the only thing, it's only in the petrol station at the yeah. back in the morning. You take the biggest can't be choosers. Exactly. So during the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, several Florida businesses using the skunk cage reported foul smell to promote social distancing. Mm. And I did so see... Um, there's being a, like a skunk ape and... Imagine the person next to you is a skunk ape. It's more insane than that. I saw this, there was, I think it was on YouTube or something. You can link this through the wiki, but um, it does show the advert. Well, actually, I think it was like a news channel and they showed the advert. Mm. Basically, somebody, it's it's one of those adverts, you can imagine it's just like on public channels or something like that. It's really, yeah. really low production value. And somebody in what I can describe as a Chewbacca costume, there's <laughs> these two people who want social distance and he jumps out the middle of them and kind of hits <laughs> them and they go flying around. And then one of them goes, thank you for social distance, skunk ape, I'm sure. I do feel better now. <laughs> better now or something. No, yeah, I mean, at least they were trying social distancing. A guy in a denim, kind of like, uh, you know, onesie. So, uh, yeah, look very much like one of those uh, Duck Dynasty guys. But, uh, yeah, so there you go. Oh. That's, look that up if you fancy. So there you go, the legend of the scone coat, Chris. I don't cool. know how long we've been long, laying on about that. but Long time. I get it. So, now, should we go through our scoring system? Yes, let's wrap this up. 
Cool, Neil. So the skunk ape spookiness. What do you think? Your first your first score of 2023. Oh. Unfortunately, it's not going to be a huge one because what's more spooky, as you're saying, is kind of like... Um, the animal experimentation that's going on. I don't know if experimentation. What, what they're breeding these apes for, I don't know. Or, or you know... Put lipstick very, on them to see if it's going to hurt you. Breeding these primates off. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's animal testing or if it's... It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be, isn't it, basically? Yeah, 100%. I don't think you can do that with animal testing stuff. Or underground jungle meat. Yeah. Or skunk cape army, which I'm, I'm, I'm I to think. Yeah. Um, clearly not true. Yeah, so that, that's spooky. But um, no, again, it's the thing with a lot of these cryptids, it's kind of like you just think that they want to, you know, be off and do their own thing, really. Yeah, um, not for anyone. Yeah, I, I feel, yeah. I, not, Unless not you're a lima bean farmer. Oh, oh yeah. And they'll eat you at house Nightmare. home. But, I'm, but fortunately, I'm not, so I don't care. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be... I mean, yeah, well, the thing is, even if it's a huge thing, they're just sticking to their own foot in the swamps, and it's kind of like... It's like saying, a, you know, a lion or something. But I was just thinking, you know, you'd be, yeah. if you came across one in the wild, you might be a bit scared. But then again, you know, how likely is that to happen if you're not, you know, keep themselves to themselves? So, yeah, low spookiness to me. I think they're just, you know, looking after themselves. So it's going to be a two out of ten for me on spookiness. Yeah, I don't think it's very spooky. I mean, I think... Depends how human-like it is. Um, would so the more human-like, the more spooky it would be. So like but, a human's face. <laughs> he's surprisingly good-looking. He looks a lot like doing a Brad Pitt. Yeah, it's got the face of Nathan Farron on it. <laughs> Whatever. Um, no, I think uh, I think that that's kind of just like it, you know the uncanny valley thing. But they're not even that big, really. I mean, I'm. Only, like if they're six and a half, you reckon you can take a skunk coat? Easy, yeah, easy peasy. No, I'm not saying that, but I mean six and a half foot. Yeah, you know, then that's two six inches, to seven foot. Yeah, yeah. So like, so I mean, they're not they're not massive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're basketball playing territory, but uh, not yeah, big. but not. I mean, if they're six and a half, not foot, the biggest. Then, yeah, then yeah. they're not. They're not really. They're not. They're not dunking any times. Yeah, yeah. Not much. Um, so yeah, they're not particularly spooky. Um, the obviously the animal testing are spooky, but I don't think I can include that in in here. No, no. So I'll give it a I'll give it a three. So believability. Well, there's lots of photos and stuff about um, how believable or not they are. Is kind of neither here nor there, but there's a lot of for something like this. <clears throat> there's a fair amount of evidence. And he says in inverted commas. But, um, and as I always am with kind of, at least kind of realistic sort of yeah. cryptids, then there's always a chance. You know what I mean? Um, and also, I mean, the people around there seem to believe it. And also, I mean, there's all there's all these uh, ape black sites around there as well. So, I mean, even if it's not a skunk ape, there could be some kind of ape kicking around. So I think believability is quite high. So I'm going to give it an eight nil. Yeah, yeah. Again, this is, this is that came as news to me, the fact that they're breeding primates all over that kind of part of Florida. I hadn't really expected that. I suppose the thing about the, the weather kind of makes a bit of sense. But, um, yeah, so that, that gives it some some uh, a bit more air of credibility. And, again, as we always say, it's not about whether or not we actually believe that this thing is true. It's around general believability for, for um, you know, is there a possibility that people are just completely making it up? Or, and, yeah, you kind of think if this guy's dedicated his life to it, and yeah, okay, it could be making some money, but it sounds like he's kind of like the, the business is diminishing and stuff. So I think, you know, he's not going to be that driven to do it. I think, I think he probably believes there is something to that, and he's seen... seen I, or, I don't find it unbelievable that he's seen something that he's convinced himself there's something going out there, whether or not he's made up other videos to try and reinforce that, yeah. you know, as they've they theorised this is, you know, people make their own minds up. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. Seven. Okay, narrative premise, Neil. Yeah, I think... I, <clears throat> It's sort of on the face of it. There's a lot of these cryptic ones. There probably isn't that much, but I think that there's um, there's something quite interesting here. So I like the fact that he's like you know going out and uh, you know howling at his monkey brothers who are in the private facility. So I think that that's an unexpected twist. I think that, that can mm. go somewhere. Um, you know the, the fact that you kind of like got the um, the park uh, rangers buying up all of the farm and sort of dislocating people who run their family businesses there. I think there's a, there's there's a, there's a little bit of a tale that could be told on here around the edges of it. So yeah, I think it could be quite um, quite interesting. And uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 for a narrative so it could go one of two ways for me so you've got that it's it's a kind of monkey spirit thing uh, that's you know like in this place of horror for other monkeys so like a Studio Ghibli kind of mm. thing where it's like a forest spirit and you know, big government are buying up all the land around there and there's the one guy that's kind of believes in it and stuff. Um, so you could have that. Or you could go the other way where it's his um, 
It's his sloth from the Goonie style brother that lives in a shed and drinks tracked fuel and eats frogs that, yeah. you know, it could, you could go kind of um, slightly more compelling more, stories. More Rob Zombie way if, if you wanted. So um, <laughs> you could do both, do a double feature. So there's stuff there. So yeah, I'm going to join you with a seven. Uh, so Reach, uh, I have heard of it, unsurprisingly. Um, I don't know how big it is throughout. I mean, like, obviously I've heard of it because, you know, it's my job to know about these things now. Um, but I, I don't know how big it is around America. It's probably quite, well, it seems to be pretty big in Florida. Um, it's been on TV and stuff. Um, it's a bit of a tourist attraction. But, you know, it's not it's not nationwide and it's certainly not global. Um, so I'm going to give it a four for regional. Okay, a bit higher for me because I think it's a bit well-known. But I think it's one of those ones that's a bit tricky because there's a lot of different um, types of kind of like Bigfoot that seem to be knocking around. So, you know, how, how well-known this one is compared to the other ones. But because it's part of the extended Bigfoot family, um, it's certainly well-known in Florida. I imagine it's pretty well-known around the rest of America, but, you know, not, they wouldn't be as uh, as enamoured with it as, as uh, the people in Florida where it's much more a part of the kind of local culture, etc. And so... Oh, regional government. A, well, yeah, is, is that true? Um, so I'm going to give it a six. Six. Okie dokie. So that gives us a overall score of 44. Not too bad. Above above the waterline. Um, yeah, so that's it. Um, happy 2023, y'all. Uh, I hope you're, uh, you know, let's, fingers crossed this year, is a bit of an uptick compared to the last... 40, 50 years. We've set a nice low, low baseline to clear, so yeah, yeah. Let's, let's try and do that this year. But yeah, we're going to ca- we'll carry on, and um, hopefully you get some enjoyment out of us talking nonsense about things that may or may not exist. And uh, well, we yeah. almost certainly don't. And we will uh, be back same time next Thursday. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We do appreciate it, um, and hope you've had a nice holiday period. We love you all, and see you soon. And goodbye.